Hello, greetings. <laughs> greetings, how about that? So I feel like I'm just way up here. It's a, it's a platform. So, uh, but thank you for having us. My wife Elizabeth has joined me this time. Uh, I didn't know that until about 6.30 this morning, but we are, we are here together. And thank you uh, for praying for her. I'll just say that in general. She did not want me to say too much about it, but she's doing great in, in health. And uh, just appreciate your prayers. I can sense you're a praying church, and uh, maybe we'll touch on that today. Uh, I brought some things uh, on, on the table back there. Prayer resources. This is actually a missionary church uh, little card. It has some, I think, prayer cast. I hope it's on there. Actually, it's not. But just some different prayer sites. There's Bless Every Home, which I know I get that. You can pray for your neighbors. Uh, just don't tell them their name and their addresses is online. Uh, Bob Ransom, if you know him, said, you know, that could really bother some people that all your information is out there, right? So this is actually my favorite. It's the World Watch List by Open Doors. It lists the top 50 persecuting nations in the world of Christians. 5,000 Christians are murdered every year on the average, which is about 15 or 16 a day. Uh, and so it, Korea is number one. Afghanistan actually was number one last year, but it's moved back to seven. Uh, but it's, it's fascinating. I could talk about that all day long. I did see the gentleman in the back. I thought, oh, somebody already has those. And then I realized you probably grabbed these off the back table, right? So uh, this is Voice of the Martyrs. Good stuff. Again, another prayer guide. And then I have a status report on the world and evangelism. And then if you're on their mailing list, you get a lot of these. So I left some of those. It would be wonderful if all of that stuff you just brought home. So feel free to take as many as you want. This, unfortunately, is 2022. And uh, somebody just handed me them. Uh, they're on back order as far as uh, getting current ones. The ministry went through some changes. So uh, anyway, wonderful stuff. So my heart today, as it was last time, is to us together as the family of God to have a heart for missions, to have a heart for the lost, to have a heart for the unreached, uh, those particularly that have no opportunity to uh, even hear the gospel and what we're going to touch bases on that so I need to watch the clock a little bit it's 10 after I told myself don't bring so many pages I need to move this a little bit yeah Pastor Christopher he's a wonderful guy isn't he I was in his office uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago. I go to Yakima every couple of weeks. And, uh, and my wife, Elizabeth, and I met him two years ago, I believe. You know, his, uh, I, and I've listened to him on, on YouTube, that expository 
preaching, to me, it never gets old. You know, to be able to go line by line, word by word, and, uh, you know, it's expository, right? That really shouldn't get old for us as believers. He did say, well, I'm kind of getting out of that box. We're going to do some topics, something like that. So today is topical, obviously. Uh, I am going to read some scripture. We're going to read together. I'm going to reference some scriptures. I'm probably going to repeat myself a little bit, so I appreciate uh, grace and mercy there. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Great Commission. And amazingly, uh, in, in the Church of America, a lot of people like, what's that? And so there might be a few of you, maybe all of you know what it is, maybe a few of you just know what it is, but my, my hunch is you do. Uh, and we're going to expand on that. I do have two questions for you just to think about, not to answer is people groups. There's about 195 nations in the world, political nations. But ethnos is really the Greek word for nations. So think about how many nations you think are in the world, tribes, people groups, language groups. And then with that, I think the biggest one is India. So think about how many. Uh, I lead a perspectives class I don't teach, but I'm the coordinating team uh, leader, and there's a group of us, uh, and it's all about missions and, and the emphasis of that. And, and actually, the class of about, oh, there's 20, 25 people in the room, they weren't even close. So uh, that's your hint, okay? So if I remember, we'll talk about that. Uh, As we know, uh, the word missions, or as we've heard, can be like, what is that? What is a missionary? Oh my, that's not me. That's not my call. That's not my thing. Uh, Muslims scare me. Uh, but we want to change that. Do, do Muslims scare God? I guess, right? So the goal is always to have God's mind, God's heart, and really his words, right? And I like what Judy said, in our weakness, right? To add to that, in our weakness we are made strong. And sometimes somebody particularly from another country just needs a hello. Uh, and maybe I'll say an Arabic word maybe later because... Uh, my wife makes fun of me when we're in Winco because I like to, there's a lot of Muslims in Spokane and uh, we want to greet them, right? We want to make them welcome. So I do also realize there's seasons for everybody, right? My friend, he called me on the way. He says it's not raining in Spokane, by the way. I always look forward to come to Moses Lake. It's just usually five degrees, 10 degrees warmer and there's always sunshine, but it's actually the opposite today. But uh, my friend, uh, he calls himself, he says he's in the fourth quarter of life. He's 83. He actually worked for Martin Luther King Jr. He's got stories galore. He's, he calls me almost to Elizabeth's annoyance. How many days a week? Five days a week. I'm part of like his devotions or something, but we have just become very good friends and he is uh, of a different denomination 
Uh, he's actually Adventist. Can I say that here? Uh, but he loves Jesus. He loves Jesus, and he's not of the old school. He, you know the difference between a legalist and a and somebody who's walking in freedom, what's the first subject they want to talk about? Somebody who's walking in freedom wants to talk about Jesus. Somebody who's kind of stuck wants to talk about their rules, their regulations, generally speaking, right? Uh, but I do know that we're all in different seasons. And, you know, life is tough. Life is hard. There is suffering. There is victory. There is pain. And, and that is a reality for so many of us. Uh, and so I want to be sensitive to that. I realize that we are all not to go to the airport within a week and pack our bags and go. And actually, missions looks a lot different than it did even 20 years ago from that. Uh, so that's not what I'm here to convince you of. But what I am... Part of my purpose, what I am uh, here to do, is hopefully give you a glimpse of God's heart, God's eyes, God's perspective on this very big world of 8 billion people. Because God, when he sees, you know, as much as we want God to see America first, he doesn't necessarily see America first, right? Uh, So let's just, uh, let's open up in a word of prayer uh, before we get too far along here. Because we do want to hear the still small voice of the Lord. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we, we do come to you in humility. We come to you in our weakness and we know, God, as we surrender, as we acknowledge our our weaknesses our struggles our our inabilities that we uh, all the more have the revelation that we cannot rely upon ourselves but we can re rely upon you jesus and uh, we just thank you for loving us lord you found us and we thank you that we are part of your family and it is a true honor to be able to participate, God, in what you are already doing around the world. Some, in some ways and areas, it's very sensational. And in other ways, it's very quiet. But Lord, you are moving very clearly. And we pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. So I'm just going to read off, before we open the word, some psalms about the nations. The psalms are really central in regards to a concern for the nations. One thing, it's important, that once you hear a sermon on, on the nations, it's like when you buy a new car. You all of a sudden see the same car, right? It's like, wow, I didn't know there was so many of those. Well, the nations... To bless the nations is from Genesis through Revelation. So may that be our heart's cry, to, to know that God has a heart for the nations. So here's just a handful of them. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. Psalm 22. Be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 46. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all peoples. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. That's 96. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. 117. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's Psalm 150. And I know last time we, I, I mentioned, I, I don't remember in detail how much we talked about it, but God blessed Abraham, for starters, well, actually before that, to be a blessing, right? And that is throughout Scripture, too. God blesses us to be a blessing. And for the sake of time, I was going to read a lot of those Scriptures, but let me read Genesis It's a very familiar verse. Genesis 12. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And it ends in, in and in all, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So, Many years ago, I, I used to kind of think it was just always about Israel, always about Israel. Why, why them? Why them? Why them? But there was a purpose in that. It wasn't just because of them. It was really for the glory of God. God chooses you. He chooses me. He chose Israel. And now he chooses the church to bless the world, to change the world. Amen. So, the Great Commission versus commissions. There's actually five of them, and I think I quickly mentioned that. Uh, these are actually mandates. They're not commands. To live under a mandate is to be entrusted a task of lasting significance. Mandates are not commands, like I said. A mandate releases authority and responsibility to pursue endeavors of historic importance. God has entrusted Christ and with him to the church a mandate to fulfill his purpose for all of history. Let's open up at the end of Matthew 28. That's what is considered by much of the church the Great Commission, and it is great. Others think they're all great. In fact, in the Old Testament, it's mentioned 96 times to bless the nation. So in a sense, that is a great commission. That's a mandate, right? Very repetitious and very wonderful and quite a responsibility in many ways. So Matthew 28, and I'm, I sometimes feel like, am I preaching to the choir here? <laughs> am I preaching to the choir? You guys sounded great, by the way. Matthew 
28:18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." And that's New King James Version. Kind of really enjoying the English Standard Version also these days. But So go make disciples. I think Tim Mackey was here a couple years ago. I'm sure he talked about making disciples. So particularly the American church grows by addition. One plus one plus one plus one. In the rate that it's going to reach the eight billion people, it's going to take 15,000 years. But discipleship, which is to be a, to be a learner, it, it, uh, it's, it alludes that it's not a casual thing. A disciple is one who follows both the teaching and the teacher. To disciple is to invest time and effort into someone else. It's even koinonia relationship at time, at times, which is not a long distance thing. It's it's a closeness, right? But we're investing our time. We're investing our effort. We're investing our prayer time for people that need discipled. It's been said, we, we disciple to evangelize. We don't evangelize to disciple. Some of the church thinks we need to, oh, get them saved, and then we'll teach them our doctrines and our theology. But discipleship is something that really goes on all the time, as well as evangelism, right? So, multiplication and discipleship takes to reach the 8 billion people. Are you ready? It takes 35 years. In, 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 if two by two, there was even a ministry called two by two many years ago. But if you invest in two people and it goes deep and they recognize that part of our walk with the Lord is discipleship, not just get saved and everything's great in life, right? Because we know that's not going to happen anyway. But our relationship in the Lord brings responsibility. Not that we have to, but we get to, right? Does that make sense? Those two questions. So how many people groups? Because it says here, when it says nations, that's that word ethnos. It's tribes, people groups. How many nations and tribes and people groups are in the world? 17,298. In India alone, there's over 2,700. In China, there's over 500. In parts of China, it's 29, 30% Christian. Other places, there's one per 10,000. So China is very, very diverse. In our, again, our Western mindset, we think, oh, yeah, China. There's an enormous amount of languages. Most of them are Cantonese. Most of them speak Cantonese and Mandarin. 
but there is a lot of dialects there. So Mark 16, let's turn to that real quick. We're just going to read these five commissions. They're at the end of each of the Gospels and then at the beginning of Acts. And he said to them, which of course is Jesus, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Another translation says whole creation. I kind of like that better than the New King James. Every creature, whole creation. Everyone, right? But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In the name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will be by no means hurt them. They will lay, a, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now we could spend all day on that and I'm not going to do that to you. But it is what it is. The Lord's on the move. And uh, there are supernatural things happening. It almost has to. If you go into a village in, in Africa, I have a friend, Teganu. Uh, he's part of Missionary Church. We talk about every two weeks. A lot of the people in some of these African countries, they've been caught up in witchcraft. You know, we can share the gospel, and that's great. And yes, the demons leave many times just with that. But sometimes we need, in the authority that God gives us, take care of the situation. And it takes some training for that. That's really not my ministry, just so you know. But uh, God is doing that. So at the end of Luke... Gosh, we're moving right along here. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 45. And again, Jesus, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written, thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I really like that term, power from on high. Kind of hiding there right at the end. But uh, again, it gives us, that's the gospel, isn't it? Really, the, some, some theologians, some pastors, many of us believe that the best uh, description of the gospel is actually 1 Corinthians 15. We won't go there, but that Jesus died... He was buried, and he rose again. That is the gospel. I was talking to a Hudditarian. He, he said I stuttered when I said that, because I kind of stutter anyway, but just a few days ago. And he was, uh, I used the word repentance when I was talking about the gospel, and he actually challenged me. Well, it was repentance, is that part of the gospel? 
It's one of those subjects, maybe for another day. But we do know that Luke says we're to preach repentance. So I do think it's inclusive. And repentance, it's the kindness of the Lord, as Romans says, that leads us to repentance. It's not, you know, you better repent while we shake people. It's, it's just not about that. God just loves us so much. And we've all had our moments, right? When, it's, when we come to Jesus, I don't know if you've had that come to Jesus moment, but it's like finding that treasure. And you see diamonds and rubies, and it's really Jesus, in a, in a sense, and you want to give that away. I know I was that way in 1984. My goodness. My mother was in tears one time. She thought I was half crazy, and I really wasn't. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But, you know, you, you, you get those diamonds, and you, like, hey, boom. You're so excited about it. But God, you know, his mercies are new every morning, right? The kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. I've known some street preachers in my day, and they, uh, I always challenge them, and I will actually go up to a street preacher and talk to them, because nine times out of ten, they're not weeping before they preach, and I, because the word kills. The scripture says that. The word, even the correct word, killeth, to use a King James word but the spirit gives life right and so there is a responsibility to us if we're going to be somewhat I don't want to use that word aggressive because it's really not appropriate but if we were going to be if we're going to be bold and we're going to like hey repent and turn to Jesus as many of them preach we are responsible to have a heart. Otherwise, they're just words. Now, in spite of a lot of that, people do come to Jesus with, with some of that kind of ministry. John the Baptist, perfect example. And we don't know how loud he was, really, but uh, we just kind of assume. So the Gospel of John. This is one people are not uh, as familiar with. This is the one that doesn't give the mandate for the nations. But it does say, well, let's just read it. John 20, 21. 21 through 23. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven, forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Again, another scripture we could really pull apart. Jesus is the one that forgives, right? Through us, uh, in a sense. But the Father sent Jesus to die for the world. Amen. In the same sense, in the same spirit, really, God sends us. Amen. And then Acts 1.8. Very common scripture that I'm sure you have read many times. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria 
and to the end of the earth. Some people, and I know a couple that thought this for a long time, it's like or, 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 but it's actually and, and, and. I know it's, it's difficult to witness sometimes to our neighbors, to our family. Uh, I don't come from a Christian family at all. Uh, my, I took my mom to North Carolina. My son finally got married at 33. This kind of goes boom sometimes, a microphone. Uh, she, she's 90, okay? She said before we left, you know, I just, she didn't want to go. And then she says, you know, I, I feel like I, I want to go. I just don't want to have anybody talk to me about all that Jesus-y stuff. I said, oh, Mom, don't worry. Nobody's going to sit you down and talk to you. And, and nobody did. Uh, it's difficult to talk to somebody like that. And really, in, in Luke chapter 10, you know, where to look for people at peace. And sometimes my mom's not all that peaceful about it. She actually gave me uh, the nativity set this last Christmas that she bought 10, 15 years ago. It's very expensive. She goes, I don't want that Jesus-y stuff here. This was before the trip. I don't know if she'd do it again because God's done a work. But, you know, just as a joke, and I joke a little too much sometimes, but I had the nativity Christmas night as I was leaving, and I said, Jesus and I are leaving. <laughs> She did smile. But uh, she couldn't get away from it. There's one corner in Franklin, North Carolina. There is six churches. And so she would bring the subject up. And, uh, and then I would change the subject after 30 seconds. So we can make those deposits. And I've been doing that with family for years and years and years. My father was an evolutionist. Uh, Earth science. He was a professor. I think I mentioned that last time. I'm a PK. Not a pastor's kid, a professor's kid. Both can mess you up, right? That's, that's the rumor anyway. <laughs> but uh, you know, he had Christian parents, and he died with me holding his hand, feeling his pulse going. And I said, from, from my innermost being into the arms of Jesus, I gave his testimony at his funeral 14 years ago and there's a professor still mad he's still kicking that oh, that prof professor dale's not bouncing on clouds up there and i hear people talk you know cheney washington ewu it's a small town you hear stuff right uh i guess my point is it doesn't need to be an event to share jesus it really can be just a way of life. And it really starts, starts small. It doesn't have to be. I used to think we person, everybody, we're talking the 80s. They, they had to hear my five points of the gospel. But, you know, sometimes they just need a smile from Jesus. People are having a bad day for a reason. We don't know. We don't know what their kind of journey they're, they're on. We have some neighbors we're quite concerned. They were 
friendly at first. They just moved in six months ago, but they're hibernating, and she doesn't work anymore, and she hardly leaves the house. I'm sensing there's, could, she could be suicidal, and so how do, we, how do we deal with that? But she screams at the kids. She hasn't always been nice to us, and what do we do with that? A soft answer turns away wrath. We know the word says that, so we just keep, keep smiling, and, and and they know, kind of know where we're at with the Lord. Uh, we just have to pray. That's where prayer comes in. Amen. So, different kinds of missions. Back to that. I'm going to set this. Gosh, I'm going to set the Bible over here. I was in Russia. You don't put your Bible on the floor. You get in big trouble. And in a sense, it kind of makes sense. In that culture, you just don't do that. So, But I have lots of scripture right before me here. And I know I, I said it rather quickly, but being involved in missions, what is that? Again, it's not about packing our bags, but we are to pray for laborers. The harvest is great. There is a massive need for missionaries. But there's really six callings that we all, a person can actually be involved with all six to a small degree at a minimum. There's going. Again, Matthew 9, 36. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's sending. I know you have some missionaries back there on, on your board. I remember seeing that last time I was here. Uh that's significant there has to be senders they're sending nations I, I just heard that South Korea actually sends more missionaries than America does now Brazil my wife is from Brazil uh, it's becoming a sending nation many nations in Africa are becoming sending nations and America is also welcoming this is a tough one uh, for some people but we're to, we're to be welcomers to, to foreigners. It, it, it's just all through Scripture to be this way. Uh, not their religion, not their compromises, not their gods, but there's a way to communicate that also. There's actually close to 400 unreached people groups in America. An unreached people group out of those 17 plus thousand uh, is a people group that has less than 2% Christian. And many of them, uh, they call them an unengaged, unreached people group, has zero. There is no known Christians in some of these areas in the world, particularly in the Middle East. But welcoming is, is a big deal. And so that's why we like to go to Winco. Do you have a Winco in Moses Lake? the best place because that's the best prices and that's where internationals go because they seem to know better than we do where the good prices are <laughs> so we have fun we laugh we you know i mess up some arabic here and there but uh salam alek i love to go up salam alek salam alek i said that to somebody in costco uh actually a couple of people in the last couple of weeks and they always smile they're shocked and I say, oh, just, just a little bit. It just means bless you. So he, just 
Pray on that one. Mobilizing, that's just people getting serious about let's, let's do this, let's do this. Learning, which is what we should really be doing on a regular basis. Awareness, I prefer that word. To be aware, that's where the voice of the martyrs and these prayer uh, booklets are a major help. And then praying. Gosh, at a minimum, if we can get people to pray as we talk about missions, to me, that's huge. I heard a testimony recently about it, and it's true. It's, it's so outrageous, it's got to be true. But an American missionary was in Africa. He was working in a hospital. He had to go get supplies. It was an overnight trip. Uh, some uh, native people saw what he was doing. They followed him. He had to camp in the jungle. And they waited, and then they saw 26 guards. And they thought, well, he has security. So that was it. This missionary had no clue he was even being followed until later. Uh, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing it to death, but I, if I remember the story right, uh, the, the spies, the people that were going to rob him and possibly even kill him, they said, uh, one of them became saved. So that's how he found out that story. So he came home. He's in his church. He's given this story uh, that they thought they saw guards, and uh, they started to say the dates. Well, this happened at this time, and, you know, of course, it's about nine hours ahead in Africa from here. It gets to me, but... They had a prayer meeting at the church. 26 people ended up standing up praying. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that as the people of God? That woke me up. I just heard that a month and a half ago. Okay, it's like, wow, I'm going to start another prayer meeting, uh, even online. You know, you can join us Thursdays at 6, but uh, it's just 30 minutes. <laughs> Every other Thursday, we're starting with that. But I just like, wow, we got to start that again. Just to know that God hears us. Do you think those 26 people were something extra special or perfect? No, they were weak. They were desperate. They needed Jesus just like you and I. That's, I sense that very deeply when I heard that story. Because we always think, gosh missionaries are super people and they're this and prayer warriors intercessors they've got to be something special and and in a sense we are but it's the calling it's just not about us so i'm going to give a couple of stats chris uh, with your pa christopher your, your pastor and i were talking about it and i rattle off these things on a regular basis or i try to and he goes, oh, you ought to say some of that. And I don't remember saying this last time. But if we were to break up the world in three parts, we'll call them A, B, C. A, and we'll just say about a third, but it's, it's very variable. And this is, these are about five years stats. So things have changed. Things have improved. But 33% of the world identifies itself as Christian. Two billion people, basically. 
It's, it's probably more than that. They are professed Christians. That includes Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox, Evangelicals. So we're going to call that World C. We're going to start, we're going to go backwards. C, B, and A. World B, 38% of the world, again, just a little more than a third, has access to the gospel, has Bibles, churches, friends, co-workers that are believers, and there's access to Christian resources. And then another 30%, give or take, some of them have absolutely no chance at this moment to hear the gospel. No access, no churches. Bibles are very illegal for numerous nations. And again, there can be a city of a million and you might have a believer in there somewhere, but we don't know. We, we, how, how can you find that out? But things are, are improving. That is for sure. Most of that is within the 1040 window. 1040 window is, is I hopefully you know, it's 10 degrees, 40 degrees. It's North Africa, Middle East, across Asia, Southeast Asia. It's where over 3 billion people live and from the American church in particular, don't get a lot of attention. And I'm not here to make us feel bad, okay? I probably said it last time. I could write a book on how to waste time. <laughs> you know, I've been a professed Christian for, gosh, it's getting to be 40 years. You know, I was married to my business for 15 years, and you just get caught up in stuff, right? Life is life. But... At this point, you know, it's from this day forth, right? We start every day anew. So, and there is a place, there is something that we, we can participate in what God is doing. So just real quick, one out of 1,800 professed Christians, I'm talking about America, serve as cross-cultural missionaries. That gives us 400,000 missionaries. 72% of them go to World C where there's the gospel already available. 25% go to World B, which a lot of South America, uh, you know, Africa, that sort of thing. But uh, part of those countries are actually in, in World C, where it's everywhere. But World A, which again is close to a third, it's three, well, some say 42%. I've heard that too. The, the numbers vary, and, and again, it's hard to know exactly. But 3% of missionaries go to World A. And there are reasons for that. If all of a sudden you or I say, hey, I'm going to get on a plane next week. I'm going to fly into Iran, and I'm going to find a street corner, and I'm going to preach. How long do you think uh, you or myself are going to last? No, they're going to probably take you away, and you will be a martyr. Not because of wisdom, <laughs> right? Uh, 
So there's a right way and a wrong way. You know, the internet can be a complete curse, a complete disaster, a complete bondage, but God is using the internet. And there's ways to, to reach these unreached people groups. And uh, I might have said it before, but Iran is the fastest growing church in the world per capita. Uh, and when they come to the Lord, it's, they're not messing around. So they share a word of encouragement. This is how they witness. They look for a person of peace. They share a little encouragement, like quote a scripture without saying it's a scripture. And, and they just, you've got to have that discernment. We've got to have those antennas clean and going straight up. And then say, hey, you know, you we're fishing, right? And then they meet again the next day, then the next day. And within a week, they are either in or they're out. But once they're in, they know there's accounting of the cost. It's not about, gosh, if I accept Jesus, I wonder what somebody's going to say and laugh at me. No, if my family finds out, they, they literally, without exaggerating, could kill them. And I've met somebody uh, her brother and father had her on the floor with a knife to her neck. So it's a matter of starting with prayer, right? It's having a heart as God has a heart. And it's not something that we can just make up. And, and again, I think it, it just starts in our relationship with the Lord. It's, and, and, and based on the word and recognizing the, recognizing the blessing the nations from Genesis to Revelation, to preaching the gospel, whether it starts with a smile to your neighbor. That's our, that's our uh, Jerusalem, right? And that's a great place to start. Just give them a smile as they're yelling at their kids. <laughs> well, maybe not at that moment. Uh, but there is, there is something that we can do. And, and the amazing thing is, and just that example of prayer changes things. It's just not, how am I wasting my time? And, you know, we don't feel, feel like doing stuff sometimes. We don't feel like reading the word. At least a lot of people don't. Uh, don't feel like really praying. And there are token prayers, and then there's praying, and then there's intercession. I would encourage each of us to say, God, give me the gift of intercession. Because that is when there's a birthing process in our prayers in a very deep way. So on a practical level, and I want you to not forget this, there's a prayer app that's very relevant. It's from Open Doors, and again, Open Doors is now two entities. Uh, Global Christian Relief is the international one. So the, the app on your phone or on, online is, gives you very current things that are happening. In Pakistan, 40 people, 
want to say 100, but it was 40 people were just killed. They were Christians. Did we hear that on the evening news? No, we didn't. There's also mission network news. But to just hear, and there's a little prayer button. You can say, yes, I prayed. There's about, there's less than 2,000 people worldwide praying for this, which I'm always thinking, why isn't there more? But we can be a part of that. That's, isn't that an honor to be able to say, hey, I'm part of this, what God is doing. And again, in suffering, they need our prayers. And, and suffering is a, that's a theological dilemma for some people. You know, the more rambunctious Christians want to rebuke suffering, and, but the Church of China actually embraces it. And, and we do know that suffering is just part of life. And so I think we just need to hear from God. Sometimes we do need to deal with it straight on. But life makes us either bitter or better, as they say, right? And that's where it becomes our choice. One last thing. And this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But it's a form. Eternal revenue service. Okay, and I'm really going to end with this, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to do communion. But the Great Commission exemption form. So, again, the Great Commission to participate in the Great Commission, it's going, sending, welcoming, mobilizing, learning, and praying. Something. We can do something, right? So there's even a place to put your name. I don't have one to give to everybody. I thought about it. but uh, So here it is. Check the appropriate box under which you can claim exemption. Ready? I am 100% disabled and unable to comply, which I did nursing home ministry, so I'm very sensitive to those people. If they're alert enough, they can pray, right? I have received nothing, therefore I can give nothing. That's number two. I don't like this law. Too much centralized power. Number four, my neighbor doesn't comply. Number five, I am applying for a 20-year deferment. I need time to think it over. Number six, I recently completed a 20-year deferment, and I am applying for an extension. Number seven, my ship sails for Joppa at five tomorrow. Number eight, I have never gotten a personal call from the boss telling me that this law applies to me. That's maybe debatable, huh? <laughs> Number nine, since I did not qualify as a child of God under Eternal Revenue Form 0001, and law John 1 12 I am not under the jurisdiction of commandment Matthew 28 19 go make disciples and statute Acts 1 8 and realize that I serve another master oh my so this is it's kind of funny but this is convicting you really let so let, allow it to be genuinely so and then other would you believe and there's a question mark you can fill in the blank so I'm, I'm being a little bit challenging. There's no condemnation in Christ, though. 
I know we're all in different seasons. I know that we all have reasons not to participate. One way to have a heart. I know the first time I went to the Philippines, I was in my 20s, and I asked my, he was a spiritual dad and assistant pastor at the church. I said, you know, I don't, I don't know these people. I don't, I don't have a heart. I was really concerned. He goes, just wait. Just wait. And I'll, I'll end with this quick story. I went what was called Smoky Mountain. And they've since then turned it into a park. But there are other Smoky Mountains. It's, it's in Manila or was outside of Manila, which has multiple millions of people. I want to guess at 10 million. And it's the garbage dump from Manila. They 10,000 people living, eating, recycling, really to sell. There's children everywhere. There's children with... with uh, rashes from head to toe and it smells just terrible. Some of us walked with hankies and a spiritual mom says, you know, Jesus wouldn't do that. (laughs) So that was a quick, like, oh, you're right. You know, and thankfully, that was right away. But it was that bad. And these people live in, in just these boarded up shelters. They're not even homes. But you want to get a heart for missions go on a short term mission trip I would love to get together with Christopher and say hey let's go somewhere to see it's one thing to see something on TV it's another thing to experience it and short term missions isn't always about what we can do for them it's really what God does in us and then that expands our ministry because some some Believers, some of the missionologists say, well, it's just such a waste of money. You know, you could do a lot of church planting with all that, all that money. But God will break your heart. And all the more with a broken heart, realizing that there's nothing in me that can do anything. But in Christ, we can do all things. Amen. So let's pray. Just a heart of openness. 12 o'clock so Heavenly Father we we love you we choose to love you and, and we know that you love us you always have a plan you always have a purpose from the beginning Lord you are the Alpha and the Omega you are the beginning and the end You have been pursuing your people from the very beginning. But you are accomplishing great things. Lord, it's an honor to be able to participate in what you're doing. So speak to each of us as individuals. How can we participate? How can we have a heart closer to your heartbeat are we goers are we senders Lord I know we pray help us pray more not because we have to but 
It's an honor. It's a privilege. And again, Lord, in our weakness, Lord, you do it because we're just not able to. Our flesh is so weak. But we acknowledge that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and you are who you say you are. And we bless your name. Thank you for all the blessing and the power from on high that you give us that we can go forth and proclaim your gospel, making disciples, and doing good works. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.